the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, February the 21st, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1885, the Washington Monument was dedicated. It says glory to God in the top capstone of that uh, of that monument. A lot of people don't know that, but God knows. And our founders, they had that idea, and the people who built the monument later, they knew. Now you know. Today in 1964, the first shipment of U.S. wheat purchased by the Soviet Union arrived in the port of Odessa. Today in 1965, minister, I would put that word in quotes, and civil rights activist Malcolm X, he was 39 years old, he was shot to death inside Harlem's Audubon Ballroom in New York. Today in 1995, Chicago adventurer Steve Fawcett He became the first person to fly solo across the Pacific Ocean by balloon, (laughs) landing in Leader, Saskatchewan, Canada. I don't think he would want to try that right now because Joe Biden finally woke up to the balloons that are floating across America. And they're not Steve Fawcett, the adventurer. They're China, the adventurer. But if old Steve tried that today, he might get shot down. I don't know. But anyway, he did that. Today, and landed, he completed his trip today in 1995. Today in 2020, temporary truce between the United States and the Taliban in Afghanistan took effect. It kind of set the stage for President Biden to later turn over the country to the Taliban, along with $83 million worth of our military equipment, at least $83 million. Five years ago today, the Reverend Billy Graham, the most widely heard Christian evangelist in history, died at his North Carolina home. He was 99 years old. One year ago today, Russian President Vladimir Putin, he ordered forces to, quote, maintain peace in the separatist regions of eastern Ukraine. Hours after the Kremlin recognized the the area's independence, the announcement raised fears that an invasion was imminent. Those fears were founded. It was. It's now continues to be underway. Speaking of Vladimir Putin, he announced in a nearly two-hour State of the Nation address this morning in Moscow that the he said he is unilaterally suspending uh, this long-standing new START, that's a acronym, agreement. It's an agreement that limits American and Russian nuclear development he said he's suspending that, He and he described Western support for Ukraine amid an ongoing Russian invasion as an existential threat to Russia. So he says he's not going to abide by the agreement on limiting uh, nuclear development, and he says that the West and their support of Ukraine is an um, existential threat to Russia. He also... and I. I found this troubling and disappointing and 
but true, actually. Part of what he said was true. Putin also took the time to reiterate his claim that the administration of current Ukrainian President Zelensky was neo-Nazi in its ideology. Then he went on from that. He pivoted from that, and he denounced perversion, using that word, perversion and spiritual catastrophe in the West. Vladimir Putin telling the world, telling Russia, but he's telling the world, and he's denouncing perversion and spiritual catastrophe in the West. I don't know of him ever being a spiritual leader before, but that's what he was doing this morning in his State of the Nation speech. He said he was particularly troubled and condemned them by the Anglican Church for allegedly considering the idea of a general, a gender-neutral God. Well, he's right. They are, and I actually mentioned that on this program yesterday. They're considering kind of rewriting Scripture to come up with a gender-neutral God. So here's Vladimir Putin kind of assuming the role of spiritual leader, and he's denouncing the perversion and the and, and what he calls spiritual catastrophe in the West because of our wanting to make God gender neutral rather than God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Boy, I'll tell you, if it, <laughs> we live in a screwed up world. I mean, here's Vladimir Putin preaching to the world about Scripture. Only 33% of likely U.S. voters in the next election think our country is headed in the right direction. This is down from the previous survey. released. It was, this was released on Monday, yesterday, by Rasmussen Reports. They found that 61% think the country is going in the wrong direction. 6% aren't sure. I can't imagine how anybody would be unsure about how they felt about the direction our country is going, but they are 6%. Don't know which whether it's the right way or the wrong way, but 33%, only 33% of Americans think we're headed in the right direction. Well, I don't know. There is a meltdown in Washington, D.C. this morning. I wanted to make you aware of that. We'll be talking about this further on this program, I am certain. Because we follow what's happening in the news and what's happening in our country. I've been criticized for that, to be honest with you. But um, I'm not trying to just stay on the sensational things that are happening. And I, I don't feel any need to defend myself. But there are those that criticize. And I guess that's what they do. But we do follow the news. And I talk about what's happening in the news Today And that's why we do this program live each morning. We originate live. Some of you are listening on a delayed basis, but all of you are listening to the program. If you're listening on the radio, you're listening on the day that it's created. So we do that. It's an extra effort for everyone. Uh, The people that produce and get this program around to the station you're on, certainly ACN, where we originate live. it's an extra burden for them. I, I appreciate that, and I tell them so. But um, it's an extra effort for everyone. But I think it's important that we stay current on what's happening. God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. 
And we see that destruction happening in our nation today because we've raised a generation that aren't informed. They're misinformed by the left, by the secularists, by the humanist, by secular progressivism. They're misled and they're indoctrinated more than educated in the public schools. At least that's my opinion, and I I feel very strongly about that. I've followed that for a long time. But the the news media, when it aligns with um, the politicians and the political agenda, it's a very dangerous situation, and we have that here in America today. I say all of that to say that members of this now-defunct January 6th committee, just I'm talking about a couple of hours ago, this now defunct January 6th committee, the insurrection committee, they are howling, literally, in protest. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy has apparently given Fox News host Tucker Carlson access to over 40,000 hours of footage of the Capitol riot the January 6th thing. And boy, I'll tell you, they are going off in D.C. this morning as we speak. The committee had handpicked, been handpicked by then-speaker Nancy Pelosi, you remember, and it was all based around hatred of former President Donald Trump. So they all, the, the guy that created those uh, specials that we saw on television, which were supposed to be reports, they weren't, they were produced. The guy that produced them is a far-left Hollywood, very successful producer, a very good producer. He produced those things, and they were all made for indoctrination. And they, I mean, sentences were parsed and edited and so on, and that's what they do. And, and this particular producer that produced those for the Democrat Party and for Nancy Pelosi, very, very good producer. But he's really far left, and he was right in a line with what they were trying to accomplish with these hearings. They weren't trying to get to the truth. Their hatred for Donald Trump is such that they were trying to destroy him one more time in a line of attempts to destroy him. They hate that man. And I, I, I have never seen... Political people, I've seen a lot of disagreement, yelling at each other and all of that. I've never seen hatred for a political opponent like I've seen for Donald Trump. So anyway, with that backdrop, so now Kevin McCarthy, has, as Speaker of the House, has control over those 40,000 hours of footage, taken by multiple cameras, of course, but he's handed it over, apparently, to Tucker Carlson. And Fox News is all over it, and they're going through, and they're looking at what they edited out in those specials and what they didn't want the public to see in America. So there's much more to, to come on that, I can, I can assure you. And we'll stay on it, and we'll keep you informed as to what, what's happening. But they doctored the evidence to push their own narrative of insurrection. And uh, very, very interesting. So we'll be talking about that, as I said, more in the future, I am certain. No matter how uncertain our times are, no matter how certain our circumstances may be, and there are certainly times when we feel the pressure of life itself. Psalm 119 says, Thou hast dwelt well with thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. God is faithful, and God is in control. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. 
All of us are called to something, if nothing else, to stand for Christ, to stand for the living God. We're called to do that. And some of us are called to do a little more. And some of us are called to help people who do a little more. And thank you to all of you who support this ministry. We need your support, and it is profoundly appreciated. I can't find adequate words to tell you how deeply I appreciate your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I was interested. In fact, I was thinking about I was reading in Joshua this morning, and I was thinking about Joshua, he, he, all the things he had done in his life, tremendous person and tremendous you know, commit deeply committed to to the Lord and and the Lord's purposes. And in chapter 23, there's verses that Joshua said that we all have learned and, and memorized. But in Joshua 23, verse 14, he said, And behold, this day I am going the way of all earth. And ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. What he's saying is, I'm getting old, and I'm about to die, and I'm reminding you guys that God has, is faithful, and he has never promised anything that he didn't do, or he never promised to do anything. He didn't keep his promise. God is faithful. He said, all are come to pass unto you, not one thing, not one promise of God has ever failed. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And God is in control. Joshua would, would go on to say in chapter 24, what we a verse we all know, maybe you have a plaque in your house somewhere, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There were people that were deciding whether they were going to continue to worship Almighty God or one of the other gods in the world at that time. And Joshua made the case for the true and living God. Remember CHOP in Seattle? I know a lot of you don't live in Seattle, (laughs) fortunately, no. Um, But remember CHOP? Capitol Hill deal, the riot, they took over. They even declared, some of the 'er ne'er-do-wells declared that it was not U.S. soil, it was their soil, it was a sovereign nation, and on and on. It It was crazy. Former Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin, she's gone now, but she called it a summer of love. It was anything but that. Most of us saw it as a shining example of inept leadership and far-left governance. Well, more and more people are seeing it as that now. The city of Seattle has settled a lawsuit filed by more than a dozen businesses. It was led by Seattle developer Hunter's Capital They're all located in and around that eight-block area that became known as Capitol Hill Organized Protest Zone, or CHOP. The city's also paid the Seattle Times in a lawsuit for deleting important emails between city leaders during the time that CHOP was happening. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about actions have consequences. Everything we do has a cause and effect in life. Everything. And the Bible speaks to this, both Old and New Testament, that the things that we do have consequences. The profile of progressivism 
was seen loud and clear. Chop grew out of protests over the May 2020 murder of George Floyd. You will remember this horrible thing. By He was killed by police in Minneapolis. I can't breathe. It's a killing that brought about a reckoning in Seattle and nationwide. A series of clashes between Black Lives Matter protesters and police prompted Seattle officials to withdraw officers from the East Precinct over on Capitol Hill. Thousands of people then flooded into the area surrounding nearby Cal Anderson Park. Roads were blocked off by the city. An encampment sprang up in the park. <laughs> and they still and they still spring, don't they? Meanwhile, complaints arose from residents and from some local businesses that said they were cut off from their customers. They said, man, we can't exist. We can't do business. And they couldn't. They were more than inconvenienced. They were intimidated by the gathering and the lack of law enforcement protection. The police were withdrawn. They would later the chant by Black Lives Matter, which is disastrous as an organization. It's a, it's a, it should be an embarrassment to every black person, the way it was handled and is being handled. But it was chaotic. There was no law enforcement protection. They even tried to burn down the East Precinct. These businesses later in June of 2020, alleged that in this lawsuit that their civil rights were violated by the city's decision not to disband the protest zone and in some ways keep it alive by providing street barricades and sanitation stations, little those little honeypot toilets and all that kind of thing. Although gunshots were common in CHOP, only after two people were shot and killed in the CHOP zone did the city take action to shut it down? You remember, those of you who live in the area, you remember. Other, vid- other victims of CHOP also sued the city, including the father of a 16-year-old shot and killed in the zone, and the mother of a 19-year-old man who was also fatally shot. When two people were lying dead on the street, Seattle leadership b- decided, well, maybe we should, you know, what do you think? It was only after that that they took action to shut down this crazy CHOP organization country, as they called it, on Capitol Hill. Now, the consequences. The city has agreed to pay a total of $3.65 million in the first round of lawsuits. There's more to come. More than a dozen local businesses and citizens who filed the suit Seattle Times is reporting more civil suits have been or will be filed. King 5 News reported on Friday, this past Friday, that the city of Seattle will pay Capitol Hill residents and businesses $3.6 million to settle a lawsuit brought on over how the city handled the CHOP protest zone in 2020. In a statement, King 5 News says, Plaintiff Attorney Angelo Calfo said residents and businesses will be compensated for the city's mishandling of CHOP that resulted in a significant increase in crime and even loss of life. Actually, Calfo said the lawsuit exposed a cover-up that high-ranking officials in the city of Seattle destroyed text communications. While the Seattle Times continues to describe CHOP as a, they're still doing it in their most recent article. They're describing CHOP as mostly peaceful. My my friends at the Seattle Times, they it was not mostly peaceful. You can say that, but you can't make it come true. It was not mostly peaceful. Any more than it was mostly peaceful in 
Portland or Chicago or Baltimore or wherever. That just isn't so. But they keep saying it. I guess it makes them feel like they're doing their part or something. I don't know why they keep saying that, but they know better. I mean, they have eyes and ears. I mean, they can look and hear. The Seattle Times specifically sued the city over former Mayor Durkin's missing texts. They settled the lawsuit. The Seattle Times got $200,000 from the city of Seattle because they couldn't get access to information. They wouldn't have printed it if it wouldn't have fit the narrative, I don't think. I mean, that's my view, but I, I don't think they would have. But this matter about these destroyed text messages is very revealing. I mean, we saw the, the fire and the, and, and the, the shooting and the, all of the stuff that went on there, and we saw it in Portland for over 100 days. We saw it in Baltimore, and we saw it in Chicago and St. Louis, and you, you, I mean, everywhere. But U.S. District Judge is Thomas Zilly. He concluded last month that officials ignored the notification sent, uh, sending the Hunter's Capital lawsuit to trial on two of five claims, dismissing three others. In doing so, Zilly issued a blistering order that leveled crippling sanctions against the city for the deletion of tens of thousands of text messages. One report said over 30,000 text messages between the highest offices in the city of Seattle were deleted ahead of these lawsuits. The text messages from city phones were sent between former Mayor Jenny Durkin, former Police Chief Carmen Best, Fire Chief Harold Scoggins, and four other ranking city officials during the protests. You can say that the they should have handled this chop better in advance and should have done this, but that's more subjective. I mean, I certainly agree with that. Good leadership, that would have never happened. But it did happen. But when you see this, this is more criminal-leaning. I mean, they are very... It's a very thoughtful, it's a very purposeful thing that they did. And they they went through, and it sounds like Hillary Clinton, they went through and took out all of these emails and deleted them. Some say over 30,000. The judge found significant evidence that the destruction of CHOP evidence was intentional and that officials tried for months to hide the text deletions from opposing attorneys. So now it's all out in the open. He also ordered the city to pay the attorney's fees, and on and on it goes. And it will continue. King 5 said in October, an Office of Inspector General report identified critical errors by the city and Seattle Police Department leading up to and during CHOP. The report found that some of their decisions eroded public trust and led to poor policing outcomes. Well, I would say so. They were demanding that the, the city defund the police. And other cities were doing the same thing. This isn't just Seattle. I'm just focusing on Seattle, but it's happening in all the cities across the country. A new report shows that Democrat policies in cities and counties are responsible for rising crime rates in otherwise red states. This is troubling because it's terribly misleading. The Heritage Foundation released a 19-page report that's titled The Blue City Murder Problem. They, they released it last fall. I think it was November. I, I saw it in November. I think that's when it came out. But it includes an analysis of crime data, and it explores who's responsible for rising crime throughout the United States. 
as of June 2022, that was the last report they had. I think it's the last one that's been out. Another one is due out this summer. But the top three cities with the highest homicide rates include Chicago with 304, Philadelphia 240, and New York with 197. The report also highlighted that 27 of the top 30 cities with the highest murder rates as of June 2022 were run by Democratic mayors except for Lexington, Kentucky, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, They're run by Republicans, and Las Vegas has an uh, independent, politically independent mayor. But the rest of the 27 of the top 30, more specifically, 14 of the 30 cities with the highest murder rates have George Soros-backed or George Soros-inspired rogue prosecutors. They won't prosecute because that's his agenda, is to create chaos in America. There were 2,554 homicides in those 30 cities through June 2022. In the 14 cities with Soros-backed rogue prosecutors, there were 1,752 homicides, representing 68% of homicides in the top in the 30 top homicide cities of the United States. Here's the result of that. Here's what's happening. They are taking when these cities are just reeking with homicides. That number is applied across the board to the state. So the state may be Republican, but the big city is far left, crazy far left. And stuff like CHOP happens, and it happens in every city that's run by the left. And those spiked um, accounts of murder and and, uh, particularly murder in these states is applied not just to the city, but to the state. And some states that are functioning well, except for the big city, or two big cities in the east, some of them, That, when you see a report, it shows the state has high crime rates. And if you look deeper, it, they're all centered in that city, Seattle, in the case of Washington State, Portland, in the case of Oregon. People like Hillary Clinton, and she does this repeatedly, they will stand up and say, well, the the Republicans really have a problem because their crime, crime and homicide is spiking in their state. Hillary Clinton said recently, the Republicans have a murder problem. And that's what she was talking about. She was basing that on how that skews reality in these states. Some of the states are strongly Republican. Washington and Oregon obviously are not, but some of them are. And so they use that to mislead, and that's one example of many. But I will tell you, there are consequences to what these people are doing, and there's consequences that impact every single one of us in this great country of America. We cannot, we cannot become indifferent. We cannot grow weary in well-doing. We must take a stand. God is faithful to people who take a stand. God is faithful to his people. And we must be faithful to him and to the blessings that he's given us in this country. Thank you for being with me today. It's always a pleasure, privilege. I count it as a privilege. Alan West has said, liberal progressivism evolved after our Constitution. It's repeatedly failed all over the world 
So why do we think it'll be successful here in America? He's absolutely right. We should not think that. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.